just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. I'm recording this in the early hours, the early morning hours of Tuesday. So I don't know exactly how my day is going to go, but generally most of my days go pretty well. And that's largely due to the fact that I don't give a fuck. I don't let things bother me. I don't get too upset about things. One thing I've learned as I've gotten older, and I wish I knew when I was younger, the simpler you keep things, the better. We aren't built to be thinking about a hundred different things and trying to balance and juggle everything, and that's what I did for many years. I don't do that anymore, and guess what? Life is a fucking lot better. Now, I did a second podcast with Ed yesterday afternoon. If you haven't heard that, go check it out. It turned out pretty good. And later today, I'm going to do a show with a listener. His name is Tyler. It's going to be interesting. He's a millennial, I believe, and he's from Canada. So his perspective is going to be very interesting. He's been a listener from the start. He's written emails and he's left voicemails. And uh, he's an interesting kid, a very intelligent kid. So that show should be pretty good. Now, I've got two others, two other listeners that want to do shows. And I will be contacting them at some point today. We're trying to figure out the timing and all that stuff. Uh, not not so much that my schedule is that crazy, but I don't always make my schedule. My wife makes my schedule, and so I have to see where we're at given the time frame that those folks have given me. But I haven't forgotten about you, and uh, we will set it up here sometime shortly to put you on the show as promised. Now, of course, I'm always getting emails, and I love the emails. I love the Uh, interaction from the audience. I think that's very important to the show. It's important to me. And I've got kind of a long email here, a lot longer than most of them. But I think it's important. So I'm going to read the whole damn thing. I mean, it is my fucking show. So I'm going to read the whole thing. Starts out, hi, Mike. So first, allow me to say that I first found you on TikTok. That led me to your podcast, and I listen to your podcast every day driving to work. Thank you very much. We are kindred souls. I, too, insatiably devour the news, especially anything pertaining to politics, and have for many years. As a woman, the right to vote is so very important to me, given that women have only had that hard-won right for barely over a century. I'll be 56 next week, and I've considered it so important as a woman, this inherent right to vote, since it was so hard won by our foremothers. They suffered hunger strikes, prison, and so many other things just so that that I, as a woman, could vote. In addition, the women of my mother's generation paved the way for me and my daughter and my granddaughters. I do not take their sacrifices lightly not just as a historian, but as a woman. And I've consistently voted in almost every election I could since I turned 18. I preach this to other women, especially younger women, this hard-won right my entire adult life. 
and especially to my sons. Now, this decision by illegitimate SCOTUS has me livid. They want to take women back a hundred plus years and take away our rights to our own bodily autonomy. And I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg as to what SCOTUS and the GOP intends as to women's rights. As the mother of a gay man and an ally, I know they're going to try to roll back not just my rights, but the rights of the LGBTQIA+. Then they will try to roll back interracial marriage and do away with the Loving versus Virginia, and then possibly civil rights. I feel such rage. I fear that as a woman, although my rage burns white hot, it will be ultimately be to no avail because I believe these white mediocre GOP men and women who purport to agree with them will ultimately prevail and take women and other disenfranchised people back to the 1800s. I don't know what to do except to make my voice very loud to educate other women and the men who love us and to educate our sons. My rage seems impotent in that no matter how much we women speak up and out, our voices won't ultimately matter. That's why it's so important that men like yourself continue to speak on our behalf. You're getting people to listen, and so many of us need more voices to join us. I want to add that I really enjoy listening to your conversations with Ed, and I would like to hear women's voices to be amplified as well on your podcast. I also appreciate the fact that you invite listeners to your podcast, and it's not just political pundits trying to sell themselves and their books. I apologize for any grammatical mistakes in this email, but my rage is white hot, and my cup of anger doth boils over. Please, please keep speaking up and out for those of us with a smaller voice and even a smaller platform. We smaller content creators speak out, but alas, we feel like our voices aren't heard and that we're screaming into a void. You inspired so many of us. Oh, I do want to add, as a woman, your use of profanity doesn't make us clutch our pearls. We women also use profanity, and sometimes those of us, like me, can paint a canvas using profanity. And frankly, I'm sick to death of the better-than-thous who think women don't or won't use profanity or blue language. I personally can bless your heart more effectively with a well-timed fuck you than pretending I'm a lady. I'd rather be a woman who uses profanity than a lady who refuses to tell a man or anyone else, fuck you. Anyway, thank you for being genuine, for telling it like it is, for understanding that being a lady is a social construct foisted upon grown-ass women by societal mores that were set by patriarchal, misogynistic men, their religion, the prim and proper women who bow down to them because men or religion tells them how to behave. In conclusion, just so you know, my TikTok is at Sassy Pants Feminist, a.k.a. Joko, and my name is Jody. I know you won't use my full name, and I appreciate that. I'm a nursing home administrator and have been deeply left, very liberal woman in a ruby red Oklahoma my entire life. I'm married to a reform Republican. Lord, we had some fights over politics in our many years together. He's now an independent who leans liberal, and I'm, prou I'm a proud mom of two very liberal sons, one who is gay. They both voted for Biden this year, along with their dad and I, to help rid this country of that vile orange shit stain. 
Although my state, Oklahoma, saw all 77 counties go for said orange shit stain, I'm very proud to say that me and mine voted for democracy. Thank you for all you do. Keep up your TikTok videos and especially your podcast coming. You are very appreciated. Well, Jody, I will tell you, you're very appreciated too. And um, that's why I wanted to read the whole, albeit long, email. Because I think what she said is important. I think she reflects a lot of frustration in women these days for decades and decades, especially when I was alive in the 60s and 70s. Uh, Women were marginalized. They were treated as second-class citizens until the women's right movement came about, and there were some changes. Not enough changes, not something that fixes it completely, but at least there were some changes. I think back to my own mother. She was a 60s mom. She stayed at home while dad went off to work. She didn't work. Later in life, she worked in a pharmacy or something, but she didn't work. She was ultimately there with her kids. Uh, She didn't even drive. She didn't drive until I taught her how to drive in uh, in 1977. (laughs) Now, I have to say, the reason why I wanted to teach her to drive was because somehow I figured out that my insurance was so high because I drove like an idiot that if I got her to drive, that somehow I could maybe cut a better deal on my insurance. I don't know what I was fucking thinking. I was 17. But my mom was very amenable to it, and she ended up driving. But here's the thing. I think about my mom when I think about the women of today. She was a 60s mom, stay at home. My dad was a narcissistic piece of shit. He was abusive verbally, and later I found out he was abusive to my mom physically. My mom is the only reason why any of her children turned out with any goodness. My father did not help in that matter at all. I'm just frightened to imagine if I'd have more influence from my dad, what kind of man I would have ended up being. I'm thankful for my mother and my grandparents, for that matter, because they were very influential in my life. And I've told the story that uh, when she passed away, just before turning 70 years old, I found her, and that was very traumatic, obviously. Uh, But as I think about her today, I think about all the things that she should have gotten that she deserved, that she did not get. She was shorted on life because of her husband, because of the circumstances, because of the time period. She was a woman who deserved a lot. She gave a lot, and she deserved a lot in return, but she didn't get it, and that's frustrating. And that's what makes me uh, interested and concerned about the state where women are at now. I mean, I have a wife. I have a granddaughter who's two years old. I want to know that her life when I'm gone is going to be good and she's going to have all the benefits she deserves. I think this email is very important, but I have to say something to you, Jody. I don't like the fatalistic attitude. I'm going to speak but no one will hear. I'm going to scream in a void. Don't talk like that. It's fucking ridiculous. You don't go into anything thinking you're going to lose or that you're going to be weak. 
You wade into anything. You better believe you're going to win and you will fight like hell to win. Now, maybe you don't win, but that fight, that effort that you put into it while you're losing is going to be valuable too. You can't win anything unless you believe you can win. And I disagree with what you're saying about this is just going to happen and we're going to be stuck with it. I refuse to believe that. That is not the way it's going to fucking be. We've got 70% of this country that support uh, Roe v. Wade and women's rights and those sorts of things. There is no way that that 30% is going to overtake the 70%. Now, we look at it now, it may not seem like it. It may not be make you feel like it's going to turn out right. But we don't need a defeatist attitude. We need a fighter. We need somebody who's angry and somebody who pushes back. So, Jody, don't give up on this shit. It's not over yet. I'm a firm believer that everything that goes on in your life that you're confronted with turns out okay, will turn out good. And people will say to me, well, I did this and I did that, and it didn't work out, so that's not true. Well, let me tell you something. Things do turn out for the best if you allow it to. Unfortunately, you got to stay calm and keep pushing forward. Every time I've been in a situation where something dramatic happened and I get a little shaken up by it, the times when things don't work out is the time we start to flail. We start to get anxious. We start to just do anything to fix it. It isn't that the situation wasn't going to turn out right. It's that the actions you took fucked it up because you messed it all up. Just stay calm and cool. Do what you need to do and trust. Just fucking trust. And you'll be amazed how it turns out. Thank you, Jody. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time. And I hope you folks take to heart what she said there because I think it's very important. Got another email, short one, from Denise. She sent an email talking about the idea of a national gun registry and how it ties into the right to privacy. I told this story before, and then she heard it, and she said, oh, forget about it because I, I, hear, I see that you already did it. No, it's important to re, re, uh, reconsider. The Roe v. Wade decision was based on a right to privacy. The privacy and the autonomy of a woman to make a choice regarding abortion. Now, if they overturn Roe v. Wade, that obviously impacts the whole right to privacy. And as she pointed out in that email, uh, Jody pointed out in the email, they're probably going to go after other rights. Once they take away one right from us, they're going to go after more rights. Gay marriage, LGBTQ rights, civil rights, whatever. And she's right about that. But the Republicans are not very, they don't have any foresight. It's like what I've said when, they, when Donald Trump was in office. You think it's great that he's getting away with all this bullshit, but you have to understand, he's set the precedent. So now when a Democratic president comes in or a Democratic Congress, they're going to be able to get away with all the shit you did. And you're going to be screaming and crying and whining. But too bad. You set the fucking precedent. And 
they don't look ahead to that. And what she was trying to point out was that, you know, all these people that are all about gun control and that kind of shit, one of the things they fail to remember is that there's been a demand for a national registry of guns. And that's a good idea. People who own guns should be registered. I mean, Jesus Christ, you need a license and training and insurance to drive a car. A national registry for guns, that doesn't seem that fucking crazy. But the NRA and the Republicans always fought back and said, no, you can't do that because of a right to privacy. Now, if they overturn Roe v. Wade and discount that right to privacy, well, that opens them up to having a gun, reg- a national gun registry, because they've just said that point doesn't count. But they have no foresight. They don't understand this. When the Democrats take power, which I believe is in the midterms, they can go and say, all right, we're going to have a national registry and you're going to freak the fuck out. But here's the deal. You set the precedent with Roe v. Wade. And if it doesn't matter there, it doesn't matter with a gun registration. And they are going to scream and cry about this shit and too fucking bad. So, Denise, I know I said it before, but it's worth saying again. And never think that anything you email me or any question or comment you make is not important. It's always fucking important. All right. Here's something interesting. The grand jury probe into Donald Trump's violations with regards to the Presidential Records Act uh, may suggest that Trump stole secret documents for personal profit post-presidency. Oh my, how could that be? We know what kind of fucking grifter is. Of course that's a possibility. The development shows the Department of Justice believes a crime may have been committed. And MSNBC's uh, Frank Figlusi said publicly available reporting already shows that 15 boxes of top secret materials are believed to have been kept in the White House residence before they were boxed up and sent to Trump's private residence in Mar-a-Lago. Now, 15 boxes of classified documents sitting in the residential wing of the White House doesn't sound like a mistake to me. He's not going to say, whoops, I screwed up. That sounds deliberately and less like an error that could be attributed to the staff. Virtually every day, uh, Frank Figlusi says, virtually every day during my 25 years with the FBI, I handled classified information. It was my experience that staffers whose job is to know and comply with the rules and regulations for handling such data— don't deliberately break those rules unless somebody at a high level makes them break those rules. That's why I don't believe this grand jury is targeting low-level staffers. they got to be looking at Donald Trump. Investigators will also want to know what materials were in those boxes and why the former president may have taken them home with him. Now, remember, Uh, The January 6th committee has subpoenaed those boxes of documents. They want to see what's in it. As Justice Department investigators examine the documents, they'll be able to see whether the contents held some value to Trump or those around him and possibly determine whether Trump could benefit from whatever's in those documents, Figlusi wrote. 
We mustn't forget that during Trump's term, his family members parlayed their relationship with him into personal profit, that while he was president, Trump-owned businesses reportedly raked in $2.4 billion. The case might actually be bigger than it already looks, he said. The first step to solving the Mar-a-Lago mystery is to get those documents into the hands of federal prosecutors and agents, Figlusi wrote. The convening of a grand jury suggests they may have, that may have already happened. Now we wait for the mystery to be solved. And that's what I've been saying is that you don't just accidentally take 15 boxes of classified documents when you know that's illegal and take them down to Mar-a-Lago. You're hoping nobody notices. You're hoping that you get away with it. Donald Trump is a grifter. You know he saw as well as anybody that in those boxes there's some things, some information that might hold some value, maybe information that the Russians would want and would be willing to pay for. Or maybe, since Donald Trump already owes the Russians a lot of money, maybe it's a way to pay off his debt. Now that may sound crazy to some people, but now what we're seeing out of Donald Trump, it doesn't seem so fucking crazy. Donald Trump will do anything to make money. Donald Trump will sacrifice this country, as we know for a fact, in order to make money. So it's, it's kind of an interesting thing here that, uh, that uh, they're looking into this. As I've said before, this is about the Presidential Records Act. Now, if you're convicted of such a crime, it's about a year in jail, maybe a $100,000 fine. But more importantly, it disqualifies you for ever running for a political office again. This may be the easy one to convict him on. They can not put him in jail. They can fine him $100,000, but they can also ensure he can never be president or anything else again. And that may be the plan. Now, it's conceivable that they would find other crimes in here, more serious crimes, and that's maybe what they're looking for. But the fact of the matter is, is Donald Trump is in trouble on this one. This one particularly interests me because it's too easy to prove. Donald Trump, we know from witnesses that des- destroyed documents, classified documents, that's a given. We know that. We know he stole these documents and brought them to Mar-a-Lago because they were in fucking Mar-a-Lago. I mean, what's to prove? It's right there in front of our faces. Now they have to decide intent, which always struck me as funny. Intent. Why do you need to find intent? Ignorance is not an excuse for breaking the law. But in this case, they want intent. But it looks like everything they're finding shows his intent was to steal classified documents. For what reason, we don't know for sure. But we know it's very possible that he was trying to profit from it. Or at the very least, trying to hide something that he was afraid people were going to find out. Now, we know there's all kinds of investigations. There's all kinds of evidence that are going to come out in uh, the January 6 hearings that show up on TV. I keep saying this, but it's important you pay attention. If you remember the Watergate hearings, that was earth-shattering. And that was maybe one-tenth of what Donald Trump has done. 
what the Republicans and the insurrectionists have done. This is, as Jamie Raskin said, going to blow the roof off the House of Representatives. It's going to open the eyes of a lot of people who have had their eyes closed to this situation. They aren't going to be able to deny it, and they aren't going to be able to react. They're going to have to take a side. Either you're a fucking criminal or you're on the side of right. And this is going to put them in a bad situation, a very bad situation. So I'm anxious to see what happens with January 6th, and I'm very interested to see what happens with this Presidential Act investigation. Now, I said, remember, I said this, that January 6th committee wants to see these documents in these boxes. Now, keep in mind, the January 6th committee can't prosecute or indict anybody. They can just expose the information, but once they have the information, they can then refer it to the DOJ. Chances are the DOJ already has this information because they opened a grand jury. So he's getting hit from both sides. The January 6th committee is going to expose a lot of information, and the DOJ is looking to indict him. That's the only reason to have a grand jury. They want to indict somebody, and clearly they're focusing on Donald Trump. I've said all along, we only need one indictment. That will end it for Donald Trump. It doesn't matter if it's a small thing or a big thing. Just one indictment is all we need. All right, let's take a break, and we will be right back. On every show, I tell you that if you have questions, comments, or complaints, just reach out to me at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Those emails come directly to me, and your input is crucial to this show. The show is called Rational Boomer Podcast, but that's not to suggest that I'm the Rational Boomer. I am not. I am simply a Rational Boomer. All of you are Rational Boomers. Anybody of a like mind is a Rational Boomer. Strength comes in numbers and not through an individual. You have perceptions and insights that may have never occurred to me. This isn't a show about me. This is a show about us and gaining a voice in this country. There's 70 million baby boomers in this country. Yeah, I know the younger folks would prefer to push us aside. Every generation has done that. But we are a formidable force if we can get together and speak in one voice. This is why I encourage you to let your friends and family know about the Rational Boomer podcast, not to satisfy my ego, but to give us more power, a stronger voice to help right this ship we call the United States of America. Lastly, I'm offering the opportunity for my listeners to be on the show. Now, it could be two minutes, it could be a half hour, it could be the whole fucking show. I'd much rather have you on the show than somebody pimping a podcast or a book. I want to hear what you think. I want to know what you know. The Rational Boomer Podcast is all about us. You know, whenever people call Republicans racist or white supremacists, They'll always say, no, we aren't. You're racist and you're white supremacists. (laughs) A childish projection that we've come to expect from Republicans. They're fucking immature as fuck and they aren't too bright. But can we once and for all admit that Republicans are in fact racist and violent racists at that? The 18-year-old that shot 13 people and killed 10 people in a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. He went there specifically to kill 
people of color, black people specifically, because it was a black community. He drove 200 miles to go to this community because he knew it was mostly a black community. And he figured if he went into a grocery store and started shooting, he'd be able to kill a number of black people. Now, in his manifesto, he talked about the replacement theory, the idea that people of color are attempting to replace white people. It's a nonsense, bullshit theory, but it's not new. The concept is decades old. You'll remember the Nazis in Charlottesville marching. You saw it on television, and they were saying, you will not replace us. They were talking about Jewish people and black people. This whole idea of replacing white people is just something they're trying to do to get people scared and nervous and upset and join their cause. Well, now, normal people, people with above-average intelligence, aren't going to believe this shit. This is absolutely ridiculous. But they keep trying. And a certain faction of this country believe it, wholeheartedly believe this. And why? Because somebody they looked up to told them this. These people who like to instill fear, they scare the shit out of these people. And they said, we've got to save our lives. We've got to save our heritage. We've got to save this country for the white people. There is no replacement theory. The fact of the matter is there's fewer white babies being born and more babies of color. It's a natural progression in this country. Whether they like it or not, at some point, white people are going to be in the minority. I've said this before, people have asked me, aren't you concerned about being in the minority after all these years being in the majority? And no, I'm not. I'm not at all afraid of it. I don't fucking care. I always tell them, I said, look, I've always treated people equally, whether they be black, Asian, native, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. I treat them decently. And I expect when I become part of the minority, if that should occur, that they'll treat me the same way. I have a feeling the only people that are concerned about what might happen when the white people become the minority are the people that mistreated people of color. They're afraid of retribution, and they should be. That's karma, if you will. Now, Tucker Carlson spoke of the replacement theory on his show, and he said that it was a real thing. You know, he was explaining it in detail, and he says, but it's real. It's really happening. Elise Stefaniak, a representative from New York and the third-ranking Republican in the House of Representatives, made comments that weren't directly about replacement theory, but she was bumping up against it. The fact is, many conservatives are leaning toward the replacement theory. I just heard a number that 50% of Republicans believe the replacement theory. They believe that the uh, critical race theory is bad, but the replacement theory is good. And it's absolute bullshit. Uh, the the uh, CRT is not a thing in our schools, never was. They made up this problem, and now they say they're fighting against it in hopes of getting votes. But this replacement theory is a fucking real thing. The trouble is, they wear it like a badge of honor. They think it's fucking cool. They think it's right. And they think they have to fight for this country. Fight so that they don't become a minority. 
Well, I'm sorry, no matter what you fucking do, it's going to happen. That's just the way the trend is. The only thing I can think of is you go make more white babies and then maybe we can quell your concerns. But of course, that's what they're doing, right? They're trying to outlaw abortion because they're afraid there are too many white babies being aborted. And if they can stop the abortion, hopefully they can slow down this trend to become a minority and have people of color the majority. It's all some sick shit. It's all very sick shit. So we can once and for all admit that, in fact, Republicans are racist and white supremacist, that they endorse violence and killing of people of color, and they will finally own it. They need to fucking own it. They'll say, we're not racist. Yeah, but everything you do is fucking racist. But that doesn't mean we're racist. Fuck you. Now, there's some Republicans that will say, well, we aren't like that. But here's the deal. If you support racist, if you support white supremacists, if you support misogynist and uh, anti-Semites and people that are violent and people want to overthrow this government and people that want to make this an authoritarian government, if you're not like that, but you still support it, well, you're just as fucking guilty. I don't care what you think or what you say or whatever. But that's the one thing we have to get these people to own up to. Because if they're going to act like this, they need to own the fact that they are, in fact, racist. And then let the chips fall where they may. If they own up to being racist, how do you think the elections are going to go? I know you're going to say they're gerrymandering and they're trying to rig the election. You don't understand. These fucking people are desperate because there just isn't enough Republicans to win elections. And yeah, they can try to game the system all they can. And even if they game the next election, this trend is happening every day. At some point, they won't be able to game the system anymore. There'll just be too many people voting against them, and no matter what fucking game they want to play, they won't be able to rig it. They know this. They know it's coming, and they are scared to death. That's why they're desperate. That's why they're not afraid to act like they're racist. And then they try to gaslight us by saying, oh, we're not racist. Well, you are fucking racist. And if you middle ground people in the Republican Party that don't like what you're hearing from the Donald Trumps and the trump but you still follow the Republican Party. I mean, let's be honest. Donald Trump and the trump and their ideology of racism, white supremacy, and all that stuff, that is the Republican Party. You have to own the fact that you are fucking racist. And even if you're near heart, you're not racist. By supporting them, you're furthering the cause, and you are just as guilty. And as far as I'm concerned, you are racist if you support racist, even if you believe you're not. Keep telling yourself that, but look what's happening. And by following and by supporting, you are just as responsible as the people committing the crime. You are an accessory after the fact. And there's no fucking denying that. You know, I like to take things and boil things down to simplify it. As I said earlier in the podcast, I try to lead a simple life. Only because I don't want my head full of all these options and all these things and constantly having to juggle and dodge and do all this stuff to just exist. Life is hard enough without putting yourself in that situation. So I've been looking at what's going on in the world and the country 
and I'm trying to boil it down to simple terms to understand what's going on and why it's going on. Now, I'll tell you in advance. I can tell you what's going on, why it's going on. I don't know that I can tell you how to fix it as yet. But once we understand what it is and why it's happening, maybe together we can figure out a way to handle it. I mean, we want to just go head to head and fight with these people. But what is behind the way white supremacists or Vladimir Putin, what is behind the way they act? If you look at all the things in this country, or in the world for that matter, that are bad, you will find it all tracks back to one emotion. It tracks back to fear. There's nothing but fear in this world, nothing but fear in this country. Take Vladimir Putin. He invades Ukraine because of fear. He sees NATO as a threat, and he wanted to do all he could to weaken NATO. So much so, he wanted to enlist Donald Trump to help him. Clearly, it didn't work. Clearly, Putin should back off. He's losing. He's getting his ass kicked. Thousands of troops are getting killed. Billions of dollars of military equipment is being destroyed. But he won't back off. And you know why? Because he's fearful that he might look weak by doing it. Now, the U.S. and NATO countries would love nothing more than to send in tens of thousands of troops and easily, very easily, push the Russians out of Ukraine, put them in their place. But they can't. And you know why? Because of fucking fear. They're afraid of World War III. They're afraid of nuclear war. It's all about fear. Republicans fight against immigration. They suppress the votes of people of color, and they try to hide negative history because they fear people of color are going to replace them. It's all about fear. Republicans that, not might, that might not believe in Trump or his little cult still follow, as I was talking about before, they follow in lockstep. And why? Because of fear. They fear being primaried, or they fear other retribution from Donald Trump and his little acolytes. It's all about fucking fear. Fear is the polar opposite of faith. Smart man told me that one time. He says, what's the opposite of fear? And I couldn't answer it, and he said, it's faith. Now, I'm talking about faith in God, faith in country, faith in government, faith in themselves. Who whips up the fear in these easily influenced people, the Trumplifucks? Well, that would be two people. That would be our politicians and the media. They're the ones that whip up the fear. They're the ones that benefit the most from people being afraid. Now, as I said, we can identify the problem if you look at it the way I'm looking at it. And we can decide who's responsible. So what are we going to do about it? How are we going to make people less fearful? I don't know. It could be hog-tying these fucking media outlets and our politicians to try to speak the truth as opposed to whatever is fearful to their, their audience. But the question is how we do that. Like I say, I'm just trying to simplify it down and try to get a sense of what really is going on. And everywhere we turn, somebody is afraid. The people in the Democratic Party are afraid of what's going to happen in the midterms. 
The Republicans are afraid of what's going to happen in the midterms. The Republicans are afraid about what's coming out in the January 6th committee. They're afraid of what may come out with these other investigations. And what do they do? They just try to gaslight and lie and say that didn't happen. Now, I get people like uh, Jody in the, in the email she sent me, and she's fearful because she's afraid none of these people will be accountable. It's all about fear. And I'm just telling you this. If you go into anything with fear and insecurities, chances are you're going to lose. So let all these other fuckers be fearful. Don't be fearful. Be strong. Push forward. And take advantage of their fear because that is their weakness. Make them afraid. Use that fear to our advantage. That's what we have to do. How we do that, when we do that, and where we do that, I don't know. That's for smarter people. But understand, all of this is based on fucking fear. And now that we know that, we should use that to our advantage. All right, moving on to other things. Uh, We've got the uh, primary in Pennsylvania for the U.S. Senate seat. Trump endorsed Dr. Oz, and he's going head-to-head with Catherine Barnett in the primary in Pennsylvania today. It's going on today. Now, there are other people in that primary, but those two seem to be the strongest candidates. Now, Dr. Oz was endorsed by Donald Trump. And, of course, Donald Trump sees himself as a kingmaker, as the guy with the golden ticket. But what he didn't count on was Catherine Barnett. She's now surging in the polls and could very well beat Dr. Oz. It's funny because a lot of Trump fans don't like Dr. Oz for whatever reason. I don't know, maybe because he's a quack, because he's a carpetbagger, because he's a fucking nutcase, because he's a conspiracy theorist, or maybe he's not enough of a conspiracy theorist. Because here's the interesting thing. Catherine Barnett is a fucking nutcase. She is dangerous. She's an African-American woman who hates Muslims and hates the LGBTQ. And there's videos of her saying this. She's been shown these videos and she says, oh, that's not me. Fuck you. It's you. It's absolutely you. Well, there's some photos that came out from January 6th that revealed the ultra-MAGA Pennsylvania Senate candidate Catherine Barnett marched alongside the Proud Boys toward the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Though there has been no evidence that Barnett ever entered the Capitol building, some Proud Boys in the photo were later arrested and indicted for breaking in and assaulting police. Barnett's campaign told NBC Kathy was in D.C. to support President Trump and demanded election accountability. Oh yeah, the big lie. Any assertion that she participated in or supported the destruction of the property is intentionally false. She has no connection whatsoever to the Proud Boys. Well, you're hanging out with the Proud Boys. And here's something you got to worry about, Kathy. Those Proud Boys are singing like canaries right now. Remember that? They got arrested. They pled guilty to uh, seditious conspiracy. Sedition. And in order to take time off their lengthy sentences that are likely to come, they are talking. You better hope against hope that they don't name you. And now that you become a high-profile person running for office, you may win 
the um, win the primary, and you may be the candidate, the Republican candidate. But if somehow between now and November, that evidence comes out and the Proud Boys sang loud and proud and said you were there, well, Kathy, you can act like a tough guy all you want, but you are fucked and you will not win the Senate seat in Pennsylvania. It's going to be interesting. On Monday, the Phoenix News Times reported that Arizona State Senate has opened an investigation into an extremist rep, Wendy Rogers, after a comment she posted on social media appearing to claim that racial massacre in Buffalo was a false flag staged by the FBI. Are you fucking kidding me? Just Hours after a shooter killed 10 people Saturday in a racist attack at a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, Arizona, in New York, Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers took to social media to write, Fed Boy Summer just started in Buffalo, implying the attack was a false flag operation, reported uh, Katea Schwenk. She posted the remarks Saturday on Gab and Telegram, two social media sites popular with the radical right. The post gained hundreds of likes from Rogers' supporters. Now, on Monday afternoon, the Arizona Senate voted to open up an ethics investigation into her comment. The motion passed in the GOP-controlled chamber. Other than Rogers herself, only two senators cast dissenting votes. East Valley Republicans Warren Peterson of Gilbert and Kelly Townsend of Mesa went uh, 24 senators voted in favor of opening an investigation. Uh, Rogers did not speak during the vote, and so far she has not taken down the posts or apologized. One senator in support of the investigation, Democrat Victoria Steele of Tucson, said this senator was up before the Ethics Committee a year ago. In March, our state Senate voted to censure her because of her hateful anti-Semitic comments. Spewing hate and furthering racist comments is not what we should be here for. Rogers, who herself has ties with white nationalists, is also a close ally of former President Trump, who has repeatedly spread false claims that the 2020 presidential election, of course, was stolen, and has traveled around the country demanding the states to be decertified, which is not a real legal process. She has even faced calls by members of her own party, including gubernatorial candidate Matt Salmon, and he's asked her to resign. This is the kind of crazy fucks we have running for elected office. It's appalling. And Arizona seems to be a hotbed for these crazy fucks, these dangerous fucks. Talk about crazy and dangerous fucks. Let's talk about Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican from Georgia. She blamed the media this week because she said people believe that she is angry or crazy or unintelligent. Really? Could it be that you act angry and crazy and you appear to be unintelligent? That doesn't sound like a lie to me. That sounds like something we've all seen. She goes on to say, they create me as someone to be, to not to be liked. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes you, Marjorie. Green told conservative podcast host 
Lisa Booth. They make me out as if I'm this angry or crazy or basically just unintelligent, which you know is completely unfair. No, it's not unfair. That's who you are. But they say, give me all the isms, you know, ists, like racist, the homophobic, um, you know, anti-Semitic. They put all those labels on me and none of them are true. Then why do you act the way you do? That's pretty frustrating, so I think people get the wrong idea about me. No, I don't think we have. During the interview, Green also complained about arming Ukraine while American mothers are not able to find baby formula. I'm going to talk about that before we wrap this up. Our government, it's not the same government. It's a regime. They're communists. They're waging a war against America, Green opined. Anyone that went inside the Capitol on January 6th, whether they just walked around or they fought with police officers or they broke their way in, no matter what level they were on, they have become political targets. Yeah, you try to overthrow our government, you're going to become a target. They have been arrested. They're being prosecuted. And she slammed Nina Jankowitz, who has been selected to lead the Department of Homeland Security Disinformation Board. The ministry of truth is absolutely absurd, and that woman, we have a lot to say about her, Green remarked. The very idea that they can make her the decision maker of what's true and what isn't true, and she's just clearly a far left woman who seems miserable in her own right. Kind of ironic that Marjorie Taylor Greene is having trouble with somebody who doesn't tell the truth. Now, there's no indication that Nina Jankowicz doesn't tell the truth. There's been no proof. There's been no video. There's been nothing of the sort. But Marjorie Taylor Greene, we've seen you lie in Congress. We've seen you lie in the media. We've seen you lie in speeches to the general public. You're a fucking liar. You are stupid. You are a racist. You are a misogynist. You are an anti-Semite. You are an insurrectionist. All the proof, all the video, all the information points to it. So if it looks like a duck, it must be a fucking duck. And Margie, you are a fucking duck. Now let's talk about the, um, the, 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 the um, formula situation. I don't know if you heard this story at all, but I heard it. I heard it on TikTok and I saw it on television. And this is interesting. You know, we have this problem with uh, um, not enough formula, and part of the problem is is there's three or four companies that do ninety eight percent of the formula in this country. One of them had a problem with the FDA, and. Uh, <clears throat> The government goes to them and says, we need you to produce more. And they, they throw up their hands and they go, we can't do it. So what does Joe Biden do? Because of tariffs and all this other bullshit, they've given these people uh, a four-company monopoly on formula. Nothing can be imported. Um, so Joe Biden says, we've got a problem here. It's a serious problem. Children aren't getting their formula, and it must be gotten. <clears throat> so Joe Biden goes on and says, listen, we've got a problem here. We've got to fix it. I know about the tariffs and all the restrictions and such, but we're going to drop those. We're going to import formula from other countries like we would normally do with any other kind of product. We are going to import those 
uh, formula so we can get the levels back to where they need to be and the children can eat. And guess what the four companies said? Well, the biggest company, Abbott, said, well, you know, maybe we can figure out something to get more formula. Yeah, when your feet are put to the fire and you're going to lose money, now you figure out a way to step it up. The FDA has even allowed uh, them to somehow open up the facility they had that was shut down because of the shit they were producing and selling. So the FDA is doing their part. And Joe Biden said, sure, let's import the stuff. These fucks were being greedy. They were trying to raise the prices. They could have done this all along. You want to blame it on Joe Biden? No, blame it on fucking Donald Trump. Blame it on the Republicans for giving these people full freedom to do whatever the fuck they want, to give them a monopoly in this country that no other people can sell this but these four companies, and Abbott being the biggest. And once their feet are put to the fire and Joe says, yeah, bring it in from wherever else. Long as it's good, bring it in. Now they're scared. They played it out too long, and now they're fucked. And here's the thing. They've exposed themselves that this could happen again. So I would suspect that the rules are going to be changed, and it's not just going to be these four people because they prove they aren't trustworthy. So we're going to bring it in from other countries so we never have this shortage again. These guys are trying to be tough guys, trying to gouge money, and now they're going to fucking lose money good for you. You fucking deserve it. And Donald Trump and the Republicans that tried to help these people make all kinds of money unfairly, you should be a fucking shamed of yourself. You're an asshole. And uh, I hope you pay the price ultimately. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I hope all is going well with you. Um, Remember later today, it looks like I'm going to do another podcast with a listener, Tyler. That should be interesting. Tomorrow, um, uh, we'll also have an, uh, yet another regular podcast, so it's all there. And I think on Wednesday I'm going to do one with Ed, maybe. Uh, but you'll still get these podcasts, the loan podcasts. Anyway, have yourself a great day. We'll be back. Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers, it's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike.